down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome everyone. I hope you had an absolutely wonderful week and more and more people are beginning to see what is happening to our country. We see the things that we know and they are happening and we can watch them like all of the crime and all of the border crosses and all of the atrocious things that Biden is trying to do to destroy our country. But mostly what is not discussed is what's going on with our military, which is our national security. Our military is being depleted. And that to me is more scary than even the crime because we have no idea what is going on in our world. We have no military in case, just in case, and we need that military. And worst of all, we have made sure that these men, are men and women, are trained impeccably, and now we're tossing them to the curb? How horrible is that? This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, I have a, a real treat today, and it's a sad treat because it is two men who have spent an enormous amount of time making sure that America is secure, going through rigorous training that no one else would be able to go through, and then being tossed to the curb because they didn't take the jab? How insane is that? What are we doing to our military? It is unbelievable to me that we are taking these people that we have spent an enormous amount of training, that their families have been entrenched in this type of training as well, because it doesn't only just affect the men, it affects the family, and it affects we the people. How many in incredibly trained people have been forced out of our military because of this lie of COVID. Well, we are very fortunate today to have two wonderful people who have stepped to the forefront and have actually said, I will be a whistleblower. I will tell the truth. I will tell what's going on. And I am very, very pleased to have with us today, Lieutenant Mark Bashaw. He was an early whistleblower because he understood what was going on. He was in preventive medicine in the army. And he was prior to that enlisted in the Air Force. 17 years of training out the window, Mark. Is that correct? How sad? What are we doing to our military? And thank you so much for joining me today, Mark. Karen, thanks for having me. And you're absolutely right. Uh, I did 17 years active duty, served 10 of those years overseas, uh, multiple deployments in various different areas, uh, commissioned into the Medical Services Corps of the Army, 
tried to speak up about the truth about these experimental injections that are being pushed and coerced and forced upon service members and frankly the general public um you know i saw the damaging signals within the vares database and then again the the damaging and deadly signals in the dmed database which is the defense medical epidemiological database and then furthermore the fda documents that were released um because I spoke the truth and tried to warn my brothers and sisters in uniform, I then later got court-martialed and convicted in a court-martial. And presently, I'm, I'm waiting on uh, the commanding general to make a determination on my officer elimination that he initiated against me. Um, Mark, uh, my heart goes out to you. I know how hard you trained. I know what you did. And to see the way our country is treating you is a travesty, but I must say thank you so much for your service. We also have David Beckerman with us today, and he was an active Air Force member, and he started his Air Force career as a mobility pilot. Um, currently, after Mark's 12 years of service, he's barred from completing the third phase, which involves traveling basically because of the DOD self-imposed travel restrictions. David, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, please tell everyone what you have been up against. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Yes. So currently still uh, still active duty. I have 12 years of service. Um, like you mentioned, I'm in Monterey, California. I was selected uh, for the uh, Foreign Area Officer Program. Uh, that requires a master's degree, language training, and uh, travel. So part of the part of the response from the Def Department of Defense is to not allow the, um, the 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 unvaccinated to travel or to continue their career progression. And we're seeing that uh, amongst the entirety of the Department of Defense recently, the Marine Corps they uh, they added a new. Uh, guidance saying that, look, we're not going to separate any of the Marines who are unvaccinated, but you can no longer promote or you're on, on your own career admin hold for an entire year. So that's uh, that's not unique to me that my career is on is on hold uh, throughout this process. And you're absolutely right when you're saying uh, things uh, when you're talking about the readiness issues or the readiness impact of these mandates at the you know, the secretary of defense is talking out both sides of his mouth when he says, we need to vaccinate to remain to remain a ready force. And at the same time, we're separating people. We're not letting them uh, progress in their career. You know, I, I don't know why they've they've made these decisions, but I can say uh, without a shadow of a doubt that that this is intentional in the sense of, you know, we gave you an order. You're refusing our order. And because you're a refuser, uh, you can no longer progress. It's 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 vindictive. And we'll we'll. During throughout the uh, episode, you know, we'll we'll establish how this order is unlawful. I could not agree more. And I, the only thing that I can guess upon, and this is a Karen theory, folks. This is my theory. I don't know if anybody else has it, but I go back to Obama when he said that he wanted a military, a pri a national military that was just as as strong as our military, but would answer to him. And I think that that's what they are creating, and that's what they are building by weaponizing our uh, bureaucratic agencies, number one, and number two, bringing in all of these illegals who can go and 
but they feel jumping the slots of those that have been taken out. And these new people have no allegiance to America, so they would have allegiance to the administration. And the reason why I think that is because if you go back and you look at what communists usually do, this is what they do. So we can't be surprised that they're doing it. That's what they do. That's what they're all about. Mark, how about how many people have been forced out of the military, and what does this do for our readiness of forces? Presently, um, presently, Karen, there's been close to 8,000 active or, or service members in general that have been forced out to do, due to these unlawful mandates. And there's going to be uh, quite possibly tens of thousands more um, if they continue going down this slide of forcing these mandates. However, it is interesting that uh, President Biden declared the pandemic is officially over. So theoretically speaking, all these emergency experimental uh, emergency use authorized injections uh, should be going away as well because they will no longer have the protections of the PrEP Act and the liability protections and all that. And the reason you establish these EUA products to begin with is for a quote unquote uh, emergency that they deemed back in March of 2020. So for him to come out and say that for the military to continue to force service members out, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But we're we're looking at losing tens of thousands, if not close to 100,000 service members with these forced unlawful mandates of injections. So, David, what would you think that this would do to our readiness to protect our country? Well, before I answer that question, I just want to jump on uh, to, to something Mark just mentioned. Uh, so we're talking about the emergency declaration. And, and we also talk about unlawful mandate. And I think it's a good opportunity right now to address what, what exactly do we mean when we say unlawful mandate? So everybody that, quote unquote, is refusing these vaccines or these experimental gene therapies uh, is being accused of failure to obey lawful order, which is Article 92, Article 92 violation. Of course, me being curious, I went to I went to go look up what an Article 92 violation is. I looked in the court martial manual in the court martial manual on PDF page 331. It, it defines what a lawful order is under Article 90. And uh, there's five definitions, uh, subparagraph 16, Charlie, there's five definitions. One of the one of the definitions states this relationship to statutory or constitutional rights. The order must not conflict with the statutory or constitutional rights of the person receiving the order. So this idea that when we sign or we join the military that we're giving up our constitutional right is frankly false. And also because there are so many laws regarding emergency use products or these EUA emergency use authorized products um, because there's so many laws on the books already you cannot violate like per the court martial manual you can't order someone uh, that to do something that's against US code which already states so now what do I mean uh, when I'm saying it's against the law to mandate EUA products um, there's there there's been a very successful propaganda campaign in this country that that is that people believe that Pfizer was FDA approved. The reality is that they Pfizer created a product that received a BLA agreement letter to then go get an approval. And that product is called Comirnaty. 
Moderna, and when I say that term, a lot of people sometimes stare at me like I don't know, they, they've never heard the term before. Spikevax or Moderna did the same thing and they have a product called Spikevax. So that those are the two licensed products, Comirnaty and Spikevax. They come with license numbers, they come with uh, uh, biologics applications agreements. Uh, you know, they, they are initiating the process to get those two products licensed. Now, the current vaccines and or these uh, these gene therapies that exist in the country, all of them are under emergency use authorization, EUA. And per the law, you have the right to inform consent. And each EUA product comes with the required condition to be informed of the recipient's right to accept or refuse the emergency use authorized product. And that uh, refuse option is free of consequence, free of uh, punitive consequences. The, the law talks about consequences, but when you read the law, it's talking about medical consequences. Hey, if you don't take this product, you might get sick. Copy, got it. I'll take that risk. So um, in, in our own regulations, in the Department of Defense own regulation, it states the process to get a product, to get an emergency use authorized product into service members' arms. That process has not been complied with. Uh, in fact, what they did was the Secretary of Defense mandated a fully licensed product and the fully licensed product that the pharma pharmaceutical companies admit they have no intention to create. They published a notification on, on 13 September 2021, 2021 we're talking, that's almost a year a year ago today or close to a year ago today, saying that they don't have intention to produce the fully licensed product while they have EUA products available. I'm not, I know I'm long-winded, but one more, one more, uh, one more, one more important in, um, statement to inject here is that the emergency declaration is the legal basis for emergency use authorized products, and it makes sense. You can't have an emergency use authorized product without an emergency declaration. Like Mark was saying, in fact, the first time we declared an emergency for COVID was January 31st of 2020, and these are 90 day. Uh, 90 day um, uh, declarations, and they've been renewing these 90 day declarations over a two and a half year period now at this point. The most recent renewal was July 15th, 2022. So as recent as you know, a month and a half ago now, or two months ago now, they renewed the emergency declaration. And uh, at the same time, uh, we have the president saying, you know, we're no longer, pa the pandemic's over. At the same time, you have the Department of Defense buying more EUA boosters. So it's my prediction that come October 15th or around the 90-day period that the Health and Human Services Secretary will renew the emergency declaration for COVID-19. Well, I certainly hope not, but I couldn't agree more. And I believe that this is exactly what their plan is, is to make this an emergency so that they can make sure that everyone gets the jab. Who knows what's in it? I believe that there are bad things in there, uh, perhaps ways to track you through your medication, uh, perhaps ways to um, force whatever disease you may have had to become prevalent, who knows what they're doing? When you read their documentation, they have one goal, and that goal is depopulation. I don't think they care how they get it as long as they do. Also, with the emergency uh, use, 
once they declared an emergency, they could not have any other remedy, which is why ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were pushed to the curb and even told whoever was uh, saying that this is a cure, not a cure, this is a good treatment, uh, they were denouncing them as liars. Why would they do that? Because in order to have an emergency use uh, certificate, there cannot be any other remedy. It has to be one particular thing in order to create a vaccine under an emergency. So there was a lot of nastiness going on. David, what do you think that this is going to do to our ability to protect our country, to do the one job that the military is supposed to be doing? not involved in all of this other bureaucratic garbage that will amount to, I'm afraid, the death of too many people. Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. And uh, I'm glad to hear uh, it coming from someone, you know, not in the military, because we've been talking about these things for a while about uh, the emergency use authorization and the requirements. And you're absolutely right when you're talking about why uh, hydrochloroquine and ivermectin were so discredited. And interestingly, they were discredited in the Western countries. If you look at who was using ivermectin, it was being used um, successfully in East Asia. It was being successfully used in South America and Africa. But in the Western society or the Western culture, um, they they determined that it wasn't good enough, right? Because they have to push their, their products. So uh, you're talking about readiness. I just saw an article uh, come from Red State Media, believer or red voice something like that something to that effect where they're finally acknowledging the uh crisis or the pilot shortage um in the department of defense and why does that matter you know okay we're having we're, we're seeing we're seeing retention the, at the lowest rates dod wide we're seeing recruitment in lowest rates dod wide uh but you know pilots we focus on pilots because it's easy to understand so um there's the lieutenant air force lieutenant fighter pilot who 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 speaks on the subject uh, really well. His name is Lieutenant John Bowes. And I, I have his you know, talking points here. Um, and essentially what we're dealing with, uh, John, John brings to attention that in 2017, the former U.S. Air Force Chief of Staff Goldstein called a shortage of 1,500 pilots a crisis. And then in the fiscal year 2021, uh, in that budget, uh, they realized that the crisis has grown to 21, uh, that we're now 2,100 pilots short. So in 2017, 1,500 was a shortage. We're now at 2,100. When you consider the fact that we are we have these self-restrictive, self-harm policies where we're not letting our pilots fly, the unvaccinated pilots are grounded, they're being separated. These are folks with 14 years of uh, of of service on average. You know, highly experienced here of highly experienced aviators. You can't just simply replace. It's not a one for one. You can't just bring a new pilot in. You know, part of the pilot career path is experience. You have to go and fly and and, and see things and experience it for yourself. And so a pilot with 14 years experience and, you know, 2,000, 2,500 hours is, is not easily replaceable by just creating a new pilot or, or shoving a pilot down, uh, down the pipeline. So we don't know exactly the effects on readiness. Readiness is kind of one of those arbitrary conversation. Anything can be a readiness issue. Oh, we're we're short on rifles. That's a readiness problem. Well, you know, those are, these are kind of clear, but the impacts uh, on exactly what is what what we're the capabilities that we're losing. These are all conversations that would be you know 
classified essentially or or the the actual effects well we know what we what we are able to to see is like i said the the retention rates are in the gutter the recruitment rates are in the gutter there's a firsthand testimony right now of senior leaders who are you know promotable to colonel are getting out of the military and of course we don't get to know why but i think it's kind of obvious why a senior leader would not want to stay at this point, at this junction with the current climate. So again, it's tough to answer exactly the impacts to readiness, but we're, we're seeing the damage being done with, um, again, the retention rates, the recruitment rates, uh, people, uh, senior leaders leaving, the shortages in our critically uh, are critically necessary positions like, you know, pilots or special forces, even, you know, there's a Navy SEAL suit, um, where the the NAPA, a lawsuit against the mandate. So it's, as you mentioned in your intro, it's our critical uh, positions that seem to be under the gun the most. Well, I agree with you there. And this is a very, very scary thing. I look at it from a teacher point of view. And my fear is that we are now creating a group of people who are functionally illiterate. And how are we going to replace our military made up of the best and the brightest with a group of people that have been put in place due to affirmative action? These are the people who will just follow orders and not question like you did, Mark. You had the ability to question these, these uh, diseases that may be a result of the vaccine, that what the vaccine is really all about. So can you share that with us? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So initially on, I was taking first-line testimony from doctors in the military, specifically Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long. And I was taking the government's own data, which is the VAERS database, the CDC official reporting of these VAERS incident from these injections, and then other literature and pushing it to the, the task force at the Army Public Health Center where I'm stationed and trying to get the risk communication strategy changed to warn individuals to include these dangers that we were seeing that was known at the time when these we, these shots were, uh, these injections were mandated back in August of 2021. And uh, I went on to just get ignored. Nobody wanted to even have a, have a conversation about what I was bringing to the table. And then I got targeted for not participating with these with these products, the same products that I'm as a medical officer, I'm bringing concerns to the table. It's my job to do so, to use the chain of command, to to bring these official concerns up in an official manner, only to get ignored and then targeted and then ultimately convicted in a court martial. So that's kind of the state of affairs. And going back to what David was saying about retention and recruitment, I mean, it's no wonder when people see individuals who are trying to do their job get convicted in a court martial for attempting to do their job it's no wonder that recruitment and retention rates are so low but as an officer in the united states military i took an oath to the constitution i didn't take an oath to my boss i didn't take an oath to the army public health center i didn't take an oath to the president of the united states so if there's an order that comes down and i deem it to be lawful unlawful i have 
a duty to disobey that order and to go through proper communications and proper channels to redress my concerns about the order, in which I did, in which it fell on deaf ears over and over again. But that's my duty, and I understood the risks associated with disobeying an order. However, that's my duty. It's codified in our army doctrine that if we deem an order to be unlawful, we have a duty to disobey. And so that's exactly what I did. And, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I don't roll over quite easy. So I'm still fighting this and I'm still going to try to try to perform a redress. Currently, the Army uh, Judge Advocate General has this information on his desk and he can make the right choice or you know, he can simply ignore it as well, but the choice is his. Yeah, that is always a challenge when you have to wait for something from a third party and you're not really sure where they stand. However, um, both of you, I appreciate everything that you have done and are doing, and we are going to be heading to a break. As we come back, I'd like to discuss with you what is in your whistleblower report and share that with our audience. And this way, um, if they will, then they will be able to find you. Uh, can you tell us, uh, Mark, where everyone can find you right now? Uh, currently. Uh, the only social media I have is Truth Social at Mark Bashaw, um, but but that's about it. So that's fine. Yep. <laughs> that's good. That's a good place, folks. And Bashaw is spelled B-A-S-H-A-W. So please go and look for Mark. David, where can people find you? Uh, currently, I've uh, taken to Twitter to try to get uh, more <laughs> awareness to, to the. Uh, to the situation knowingly you know we're up against the house on on twitter side of things but it's david beckerman zero so at david beckerman zero but you mentioned the whistleblower report and, and just before we take break it's a good point a uh, good opportunity to um let everybody let your listeners know about the truthforhealth.org all of the things related the documentations related to the whistleblower report can be found on truthforhealth.org there's going to be a ticker banner across the top uh, I think it's, I believe now it's in the second position, Department of Defense Legal Violations. Click When you click on that link, it'll take you to uh, actually a presentation that I gave at a, uh, at a conference between medical professionals and um, military professionals coming together to talk about these issues. And so there's the present, the hour long presentation, which, you know, outlines that the DOD is fully aware that what they've done is unlawful. They've the presentation goes through a couple different uh, chapters or, or sections that I break it down into pre-mandate phase, post-mandate phase, uh, talking about how they knowingly skirted around the law to mandate a product, these EUA products that are lawfully uh, in legally, you can't do that. Uh, and it has the whistleblower report. We have a petition to support the whistleblower report, the PDF version of the presentation. So the PowerPoint slides, uh, all the memos that I reference, it's all there. One-stop shop, truthforhealth.org. Well, thank you. That made it easy for our audience to be able to go and make sure that they understand what we're going to be talking about in the next segment. And that is the whistleblower report. What does the government know? What do they don't know? And 
maybe why are they doing this? Well, we know the answer to that one. And the answer is because they have to destroy the West in order to get their great reset in place. And one of the best ways to do that is through the American military. What a travesty. This administration belongs to be impeached the entire administration. Let's hope that we are smart enough to do that for the 2022 election. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. If you are not a member of the Alliance, please go to the Alliance website and just put in your email and get the emails that we have been sending out so that you can understand what we are working on, which is some new legislative issues for this coming 2023 session in Florida. If you like what Florida is doing, go to the Alliance, check us out and copy what's there for your state. Form an alliance within your state. We need to have all of our states working together for the freedom of our citizens. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. America OutLoud meets to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, Before the break, we were discussing with both David and Mark, both in the military, what they have experienced through these illegal mandates. And I say illegal mandates because a mandate is not a law. A mandate is a suggestion. Look it up in the dictionary before they change the definition. Uh, There was absolutely no reason 
for people not to take a stand. However, what Biden has done by militarizing all of the agencies, he's making it harder and harder. But David and Mark are two wonderful gentlemen who have written what their research brought, and then they presented it. And that's what I'd like to discuss this uh, segment. But before we do that, there's one very important piece that people don't really talk about. And that is, what is the experience of the family? What happens to the family when a military member is told that they can no longer serve in the military, that they spent all of this training on, their family, everything, everyone involved, and now all of a sudden it's taken away. This is a disgrace, and we owe our military a lot more than that. So I have asked Megan to join us. And Megan, you are an airman's wife. What did your family experience when your husband was going through this horrible decision made by this illegitimate president? Yes. So I'm an Air Force officer's wife stationed out in the Midwest. Um, We, you know, the past two years have been insane for everybody. Um, My husband did a short notice deployment for the Afghan troop withdrawal, worst deployment of his career, came back to, you know, a couple weeks later, deal with vaccine mandates. He at the time thought, you know, okay, we'll do the religious accommodation. It'll work. Um, Actually, even before he did that, he tried a medical exemption because he had had a previous medical exemption for the flu shot. And he was like, there's a process. This is going to be okay. Um, But you kind of in the back of your mind wondered if it really would be okay or not. You know, and so I won't bore you with the details, but we as a family started preparing for the possibility that it wouldn't be okay, which, you know, practically means, um, you know, huge financial changes in your, your lifestyle. Um, uh, What you do as a family and all of that, preparing for a big career change when, you were in the middle of um, your previous career and all that. So thankfully that did not happen to us right now. We are, you know, I joke we're marked safe from Lord Austin because of the Ohio Doster case ruling that granted a preliminary injunction for the entire Air Force. Um, so that's wonderful. But, you know, how it affects the family. I've seen so many different um, responses to it from depression, discouragement, anger, just everything. I kind of, um, I think I, my family, myself and my children experienced all of that. Um, but you know, you can't stay camped out there. You have to make a choice. And we decided, um, we weren't going to stay camped out on anger, bitterness, sadness, depression, whatever, but we were going to use this to try to, um, push the antithesis, educate the public. Cause what I was finding was shocking me what was almost more horrific than what was happening, because this really wasn't about our career, we could have gotten a fake vaccine card, um, was that my friends, the general public did not understand. I was getting comments like, you signed up for this, you know, you have the privilege of wearing the uniform, so shut up and take the shot or whatever. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, do people understand what they're saying? And when you start asking, you know, you realize, no, people really haven't thought through this at all. You know, people don't know about the history of um, the military, different other, you know, like the anthrax lawsuits and stuff like that. Um, So we kind of, as a family, chose to push that um, 
and start, you know, talking to different legislators locally and um, at the national level and um, just be kind of beside the scenes. And, you know, Mark and David have tons of information. So whenever I run into somebody, I'm like, hey, you should really listen to David Beckerman at the Freedom, the Gateway to Freedom Conference, because he really explained the lawful, unlawful order, our oath is to the Constitution and all of that. And that's why I liked your platform as well, because I think they're, these guys are brave and they're like the tip of the spear and they're pushing what needs to happen right now. But the wives, the mothers, we need to be behind them training up that next generation. Our children need to understand what is a lawful order and what is an unlawful order. They need to understand that when you join the military, you did not take an oath to the current sitting president. You're taking an oath to uphold the Constitution. So therefore, have you even read it? Do you know what's in there? Do you know what you're risking or potentially sacrificing your life to uphold and protect? And so for us, it's um, increased our history education at home and um, with other people um, but, you know, yes, it's been very, very difficult. Um, but anybody out there, you know, just figure out your why and um, don't let bitterness, um, you know, get you down and, and you know, over your life. Your life. <laughs> right, right. Fight back. Fight, Fight back. back. That's it. This is what your spouse signed up for. So help them. Or her, you know, align with them and get in the fight, start calling your, your local and national legislators and, and you're, you know, educating the people who are around you that, that God's placed around you on these different topics. Well, Megan, you are very brave and that's what our families need to know. Communists have a desire, have a mandate to destroy the family. We have to make sure that that does not happen. And having a plan and making it a positive experience is a lot better than wallowing in negativity. But let's find out what we're actually talking about. Mark, can you describe, um, and you and David, uh, explain what this whistleblower report has in it? Yeah, I appreciate that. So basically, this whistleblower report goes into the details about the unlawful activities that were uh, occurring from from August 2021 all the way to present uh, present day. And it was authored and signed on August 15, 2022 by nine other officers from all branches of service. You have the Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines, Navy, and Army uh, represented on that whistleblower report. But basically, the biggest thing that happened in the military was this unlawful, and we talked about it earlier, the unlawful forcing and coercing of these experimental products. And so when that, when when the order came out originally back in August of 2021, the SecDef, the Secretary of Defense specifically stated with the mandate that service members are to get the FDA approved and licensed coronavirus injections. Well, we know that to this day, they still don't exist. However, what happened on September 14th was the Undersecretary of Defense for Health uh, for Health Services, or I, I believe that's what her title was. Her name's Terry Adderham. And she came out and basically said, that the experimental emergency use authorized injections were interchangeable with the FDA approved and licensed products. And so 
she had that memo. So what that did was it basically weaponized all of the commanders underneath in the chain of command to use that letter when service members were bringing up concerns that, hey, uh, the only shots available are these experimental emergency use authorized. Well, the commanders would then say, hey, I got this letter from Dr. Terry Adderham that says they're interchangeable. So it's lawful. However, David's going to go into details about why that's not lawful and why that's a complete and utter uh, unlawful and wholly illegal and fraudulent activity that she she wrote down in that memo. That's Thanks. like saying, uh, here's an aspirin and here's a, uh, a painkiller and they're interchangeable. No, they're not, folks. They're not interchangeable. If an experiment, if a test is done on a certain drug, then it's specific to that drug. It doesn't mean you can uh, use other drugs that are totally different than what the one that was experimented on. David, can you please uh, tell us, my gosh, what? This is more horrifying than I even realized. Yeah. Uh, forcing people into taking drugs that can harm them on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just harm them on purpose. We still don't have the safety trials to back up a fully licensed product. So per the letters and these agreements, they are they're expecting the trials to go until 2024, 2025. So they're even they even they, even if they tried to produce a fully licensed product today, they're still they, it would still be improperly done because to have a fully licensed product, you need to go through all of the safety trials. So this interchangeability documentation or this Terry Adder memo, where did that come from? Right. That's the question. So at the time, the FDA was producing documentation saying, you know, based on formula, which uh, and I'm going to explain why that's also, in, you know, inaccurate based on formula. Um, these two products uh, can be used interchangeably. And then there was an asterisk in the FDA fact, fact sheet that's no longer there. And it's no longer there because they didn't want to confuse people. That's what the that's the official stance for the FDA. But what that asterisk was is, is that it said these the, they're medically interchangeable, but they're legally distinct. What does that mean, legally distinct, and why does it matter? It matters for a lot of reasons. One, the Department of Defense is a federal institution. We follow law, you know, lawful orders, policy, regulation, you know, the whole nine. On the other hand, when we're talking about liability, the liability shield uh, does not protect you, the recipient. The everybody else is protected. I mean, these shots are, you know, as we know, killing people, and you can't go after the pharmaceutical companies, you can't go after your employer, you can't go after the government who was telling you to go get vaccinated and they're the, under the gun job or jab or jab or job, you know, basically like get this or you're going to get fired. So uh, Terry Adams using the FDA's interchangeability. She's trying to use that 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 language. And in the memo, she says the EUA products, these emergency use products will be used as if they're the fully licensed product. Well, that as if language identifies that the two are not the same. And in the Secretary of Defense memo, he states, I can mandate the fully licensed one, but I can't mandate EUA. So they're they're doing these things to get around the law. And what the law states, Title 42, Section 262, is that for a product to for two products to be interchangeable, both products have to be licensed. And here's the kicker: Pfizer and Moderna both. Um, filed for exclusive exclusivity rights on their products 
to to be able to uh, file for an interchangeable product. What that means is that they have to wait 12 years, 12 years before they can bring on an interchangeable product. So this idea that we can use fully licensed interchangeable with an EUA product when an EUA, the legal basis for an EUA is an emergency. So again, as soon as the emergency goes away, no, no legal basis for EUA product is frankly false. And this is what this is. I, we cannot emphasize this enough that to date, the country does not have a fully licensed product. To date, everybody that was inoculated with these mRNA gene therapies was part of the uh, experiment because by definition, an emergency use product is experimental. And it's not even like we're making this stuff up. Again, this is all verifiable facts. These are all things that anybody can look up. The Peter Marks, that Dr. Peter Marks, he is the CBER director. And apologies, it's a long acronym and I don't exactly remember what it stands for, but CBER is the it's the agency that brings products to, to full licensure from inception to licensure. And even Peter Marks in testimony in, in uh, on 21 October of 2021, in testimony saying that, yeah, we're not using the interchangeable word per the legal statute definition. We're just using it from a medical perspective and based on formula and blah, 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 blah. Right. It's, it, the point is, what they're saying is that they're using this legal word that has a legal definition and they're improperly using it because it's the same formula. And this 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 bait and switch that is occurring in the Department of Defense that, you know, in the presentation I put together exactly how they maneuver around the law. This affects every single individual in this country. The 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 new the media went on the air saying community, they mentioned community for one day. You can go on YouTube right now, type in community, and what it'll do, it'll bring it'll bring you immediately back to August of 2021 because that's the only time they mentioned it. And then they started talking about it's a brand name, it's the same thing, it's the same formula, it's okay. At the same time, they're saying it's legally distinct, legally distinct, legally distinct. And 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 I, like I mentioned today, that legally distinct language is no longer. It's not as easy to find now in the FDA documents. Um, however, it's there in the uh, Department of Defense documents. And the last thing I'll add, okay, well, the last thing I'll add is that these, you know, we're calling these things vaccines, we're calling vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. Look, per the Department of Defense regulation, they don't meet the definition of vaccine. And the CDC is aware of this, they changed the de definition of vaccine in on September 1st of 2021. The Secretary of Defense mandate came out uh, 24th of the 24th of August of 2021. A week later, they changed the definition of vaccine. <laughs> I mean, how much more obvious can you get? The Department of Defense is a lot slower. And in our regulations, we still have the traditional definition of, def of a vaccine, which means it has a, you know, a, a product of the virus. It infers uh, immunity, which as we know today, these uh, inoculations they don't do that you can do three four five shots doesn't matter how many you get you're still going to get the virus and in fact it's actually weakening your immune system why are we not surprised folks i want you to think about one thing would you ever buy a car without test driving it would you ever buy a house without having an inspector going and looking and telling you what is a, what might be wrong with the house why on earth would you put a vaccine in your body that has never been tested? And this is what you are being in the military is being demanded upon doing. Uh, David, Mark, 
What, Mark, what would you like the people to do? The end of the show, I always like to give our audience homework because I was a teacher and homework is important. So what can our audience do this week? Yeah, I would say uh, go over to the truthforhealth.org, look up the whistleblower report that we we authored and signed, the, the nine whistleblowers, the officers in the military. Look at those statutes and bring them forth to the individuals in your local communities, elected representatives, and make them aware uh, that this is these these mandates are wholly unlawful um, across the board. And and I do want to make this point. So we talk about the injections a lot, but also the masking, the testing, and the injections, they're all considered emergency use authorized products. So they all fall under the same statute laws in the fact that individuals have the right to accept or refuse and informed consent must be given. And so we know in the military that all these individuals that had convictions about not getting the injection and or religious uh, accommodations pending, what the DOD was doing, they were weaponizing the testing against these unvaccinated individuals that were going through this process of obtaining a, uh, a attaining a accommodation or simply bringing up concerns about the unlawfulness of the order in an attempt to coerce them into getting the product. So the the vaccinated members of service members never needed to tested once they got vaccinated, but these weaponization of EUA products upon the unvaccinated occurred as well, and so we have to remember as a general public that that not only are the injections uh, EUA, but also the testing and the masking as well. So if you got kids out there and you're and the schools are trying to force these kids to mask and force these kids to test, that is an unlawful. Uh, illegal mandate that that school or principal is pushing down. And uh, I would suggest to serve them with the law and and use this whistleblower report. It's all laid out there, all the exhibits, all the enclosures that anyone would need to, to bring the fact-based evidence forward. Uh, David, is there anything else that the, we're almost at the end of our show? And um, is there anything that you would like our audience to do? Yeah, I would say right now is right now is the right time uh, to to get involved and uh, to speak with legislators and and people of uh, uh, the congressmen and our representatives. It's the um, it's a campaign trail. They they're currently listening. Uh, recently, there was about 47, 48 people, uh, 48 congressmen that signed a letter to the Secretary of Defense stating, hey, you know, call an end to the mandate. Uh, interestingly enough, that happened also approximately a year ago. Uh, so they're they're listening, uh, but we really need to make this an issue and make it make it aware that this is an issue for all Americans, not just the permanent defense. So part of that is a, a petition that we have going on change.org. Uh, you can find it, uh, you can find it through change.org or you can get it through Truth for Health. Um, once we've already submitted uh, the first iteration of it with about with more than 5,000 signatures, uh, we're currently pushing over 6,000 signatures. And the intent behind the petition, you know, we're not making new claims in the petition. The petition is to support the whistleblower uh, report and and the the documentations that we've already put forward and to make Congress and to make our representatives aware that it's more than just the Department of Defense it's more than just service members that are that that are, are concerned with this issue and we need to get you know everybody uh, to sign this thing 
and to to really to really bring the issue forward um, to our representatives. And that is excellent advice. Uh, Megan, what advice can you give to the family so that during this troubled time, it makes it easier for them to hold everything together? Because that, um, I believe, is the strength. The servicemen have enough issues that they shouldn't be worrying about their family as well, because that just adds another mountain of stress upon a stressful time. Hopefully they have good support groups. You know, we've been into this for a year now, but find your support groups, support one another, and then start pushing this with other people. You know, we did not win the Revolutionary War because we had an elite military. We won the Revolutionary War. We won our independence because of we the people. So our military is not, um, you know, this is what I tell people when I'm talking to them. It's taxpayer supported. It's the citizens' military, not the sitting president's military. So everybody should be fighting this. If they'll do this to the military, it's not going to stop there. If we lose medical and religious freedoms in the military, it's going to continue in other um, areas of our of our country as well. So start, you know, have your support group, and then together figure out ways of mobilizing and pushing back on this. And I would also suggest that you make this one of the first vetting questions of a new candidate. What will you do, Mr. Candidate, to help support our military against these illegal mandates? Uh, because even if the mandate has been lifted on we the people, the military is a different animal. And we have so many wonderful men there and women that have been in line with following orders, but it comes to a point when following orders is not the right thing. That's what a whistleblower is all about. So folks, this is very important. And it is even more important that we select the right people in November. I cannot impress upon you enough the importance of this November election. And the turnout for the primary was pretty poor, which means that we need to have a lot more people paying attention. Because one of the things that's happening is that our government has turned upon we the people, and they are doing things that will allow an overloading of the American system and therefore force an American demise. And one of the ways that they're going to do that is by depleting our military. And we need our military for protection. These people are wonderful people. They have trained hard. They have done amazing jobs. And they are always out there in front of any crisis. And yet we are throwing them, not we the people, but this administration is throwing them to the curb. This is a terrible thing to happen to our military at a time when they will be needed the most. Folks, we are coming to the end of our show. And I wanted to tell you about the few things that will be happening this week. We have to look at, at O'Biden's executive orders because he is going to be throwing things fast and furious because as they we come down to this election, which we hope will be a red wave, not because we love the Republicans, but because we love America. Do not pay attention 
to those who are anti-MAGA because most of them don't even know what MAGA means and they are more interested in globally and filling their own coffers rather than helping anything to do with we the people. And you can see that in how evident that is in everything that they're doing. And although I was not in favor of Ron DeSantis uh, sending our uh, illegals across the country, I thought it was a good idea, maybe it is now a good idea, to send these people to these sanctuary cities who have been screaming how sanctuary they are and let them feel the bite of what's going on in some of these border towns in Texas. But folks, we, this is our job. This is the job of we, the people. And there are more of us than them. And I will say this all the time. There are more of us than them. And our numbers will count when we vote. And that is what we must do. Do not pay attention to how much money is being spent. That's irrelevant. Because whoever has that money still only has one vote. And we, the people, have a massive quantity of votes. This is going to be our time to use them. This is our time to shine. This is our time to go forward. And this is our time to make an impression. And I can't impose upon you how important that is. So I would like to thank you, Mark. David and Megan for joining me. Mark, if you have any uh, last words, we are down to the wire. Karen, thank you so much for having me. God bless you and, and God bless your audience. And, um, you know, if not us, then who? Exactly. David, you're up. Uh, we, I think we, I think we made the points we needed to make again. Thank you for having us on. And I'm just going to emphasize that no, not, not a single person in this country was, uh, could have been forced to get these experimental products and the government did it anyway. True, true, true. And Megan? I would echo what, what Mark said. And, um, you know, Galatians 6, 9, I think it is. Don't be weary in well-doing. Absolutely. Folks, this is up to us. This is our country, and we are going to determine which direction it's going in. Let's make sure that it is in the right MAGA direction. Thank you all for listening. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, if you go to the tab on the Alliance website, you will be able to click on the on the tab that says education, and you'll be able to see the county grades in all of the counties in Florida. They are abysmal. We have a lot of work to do. The Alliance is working with us, and we are bringing choice to Florida. But let's remember one thing. It doesn't matter where a kid learns communism if that's what they're being taught. So it's not the location that's important. The choice should be in our textbooks. What are our children reading? What are they doing? And this is what we should be looking at. So please, you are now in a new school board. Most school boards have been elected already. And this is a new school board. And this is a wonderful time to go through the textbooks and to actually see what your children are reading. You will be appalled as I was. It's time to make a change. We probably need a good book burning. And I'll leave with that one. Folks, thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful week. See you again next week. But I'll always stand proud and free.
I'm a man. 